0: Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith.
1: How can we expect to enjoy God's heaven? We'll be out of place there. And so he's calling Christians to recognize that there is an enemy. Now, we have many enemies, Satan, the demonic world, but there is a subtle enemy. That subtle enemy are those Who make a profession, but lack the possession of that relationship with God.
0: Maybe you've heard this saying before, you can park yourself in a garage, but it won't make you a car. (laughs) This is a comical way to say that you can say almost anything you want about yourself, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. The body of Christ is the same. There are many within the church that are just that, in the church, but not in the body of Christ they've made a profession of faith, but it actually hasn't taken place yet. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, with his continuing study entitled Living as Citizens of Heaven.
1: Paul says, their God is their stomachs. They are just bound to this present world. They're living for the moment. And then he goes on to say, their glory is their shame. Their glory, the things that they should be ashamed of... They glory in. You think of um, just so many people that boast about their sinful behavior. In Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. That dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. They've turned everything around. And what Paul is saying is that there are those who should be ashamed of a certain type of behavior, sinful behavior, an attitude, an outlook, but yet they boast about it. I think of so many um, in our nation, in so many arenas, who boast about their licentious, sinful lifestyles, whether they're in politics or whether they're in the sports world, or whether they're in just Hollywood, wherever. And Paul is saying, they've lost the ability to blush. Their outlook, we've looked at their outlook. What is it? It's a a grid that they look at life through. That grid simply sees life through worldly values. It's like taking the backdrop of heaven away. And all they see is the present, the moment, this hour. And they judge life on the basis of the present, the moment, this hour. He's saying they have a worldly mindset. In Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 8, it says... God. The present life means far more to them than the future, than eternity. And Christians aren't to live that way. Christians are to be different. We're to take up our cross and follow Christ. What he is saying at this moment is that it's possible to be an enemy of the cross by our lifestyle if it contradicts the message of the cross. Not only can we contradict doctrine by what we say, but by how we live. In Colossians, it says, Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Now that doesn't mean that we become mystical and we neglect to pay our bills and we neglect our responsibilities and we neglect to do things that are important in this world. But it means that our heart is out to serve God. That the motivation of our life is to please the Lord and that we measure everything by eternal values. Also, their destiny We've looked at their mindset and then their destiny in verse 19. Their destiny is destruction. Because they could not see beyond time into eternity, they're bound by time and they're bound by this present world. They didn't live for eternity and so they won't live in eternity. Let me say that once more. They didn't live for eternity, so they won't live in eternity. If we're not living for the world to come, if we're not living for God, how can we expect to enjoy God's heaven? We'll be out of place there. And so he's calling Christians to recognize that there is an enemy. Now, we have many enemies, Satan, the demonic world, but there is a subtle enemy, That subtle enemy are those who make a profession but lack the possession of that relationship with God, who by their lifestyle nullify the message of the cross. And so Paul the Apostle said, if you're going to live as a citizen of heaven, recognize the enemy. And then he doesn't stop there, but he says... Also, recognize the examples. Examples to follow. In verse 17, join with others in following my example, my brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. We are simply to follow good examples. I'll say it again. We are to follow good examples. Take note of those who live according to the pattern We gave you. And he he talks about that particular pattern, those good examples. He talks about Paul. Paul says, I'm an example. Let me ask you, if you were to say to people in the church who've come to accept Christ, okay, follow me now. Live the way I live. First of all, you'd feel a little uncomfortable saying that, but we should be able to say that. Paul said it. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. This is how you are to live the Christian life. Listen, somebody's following our example. We're an epistle, the Bible says, known and read of all men. So people look at the life that we live and whether consciously or unconsciously, they imitate some of those things. You're the only gospel that some people hear. What if everybody's life was to look like your life as you followed Christ? What would their church attendance be? (laughs) What would would the giving of the church look like? What would the spiritual life look like? Um, Paul said, follow. And he says, according to the pattern we gave you. He gives himself in his example. And Paul humbles himself. Paul's not interested in exalting himself. He's following Christ. Timothy... It says he looks out for other people's interest. He's different. He says, for everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy was different. He would look out for the interest of other people. How are they doing in their relationship with God? How are they doing in their walk with God? How are they doing in their relationship with the Lord? That's Timothy's concern. He's putting their concerns... Before himself. The example of Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus, it says, he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life. Are there those who are saying, listen, I'm going to give my life to the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give my life to serving the Lord. It's about living for God. Christianity is more than the creed that we give mental assent to. It's more than something that we sing about in church. It's more than something that we talk about. It's something we live. And it governs and guides and directs all that we are and all that we have. In 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 11, 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I, I was thinking about... This past week, I was on The Sound of Life and Tom Zoradnik was interviewing me and he was asking me about different mentors in my life. I said, one of the things that each one of those mentors had in common was this. Each one of the men who were mentors in my life were in it, in the ministry, because they just wanted to serve God. That's all it was for them. Pastor Greco He was bivocational for years. Didn't even take a salary. Wasn't concerned about money. He was concerned about serving God. I think of my father-in-law. All he was concerned about was serving the Lord. And and the worldly things of this life were not a concern for him. His concern was to honor Christ. And again and again I could look at uh, men like Earl Baldwin, I used to travel down to Baltimore and pray with him. I'd have him come up and preach in the church and we would talk. He would, he would conduct some of the sexual meetings that I was involved in and on and on. And this man was a real man of faith. And each one of those people left the mark and contributed to my life. We ought to be looking for people who will be examples for us. And not everyone can be an example in everything. Some people have a... A great, great faith. Other people have an incredible, strong prayer life. There are others that just walk in humility before the Lord and they magnify the Lord. Some people just have such a a wisdom. And you pray as you go into this year. Maybe this mentor will be a person in the church. Maybe it will be somebody who's already in heaven, but they left their writings behind, their books or their uh, biography. And, and you read and you think about the life that they've lived. Paul the Apostle says real clearly, join with others and following my example. There's a whole train of people that follow the example of Paul that were living for Christ, not for themselves. They were willing to humble themselves. And take the form of a servant. And so we have, we are to follow good examples, then we are to become good examples. Not only follow good examples, but become good examples. Join with others in following my example. Who are you going to influence this year? Who are you going to help shape their life and impact their thinking? there are people looking at how we live, how we respond to our trials, how we respond to the things that happen in life. And if we're walking close to the Lord, we'll be a blessing to them. But if we're not, we could be a stumbling block to them. Paul the Apostle says, remember examples. If we're going to be citizens of heaven we have to recognize there's an enemy. That enemy is anybody who's going to nullify the cross, who by their life denies that the Christian life is a matter of taking up the cross and following Christ. We're going to pray and look for godly examples of men and people, men and women who are serving the Lord. And we could say, I see Christ in them. Now, always be careful with examples. Uh, We're not to deify them. Only God deserves that type of honor and worship. All men have their limitations. But we're to look at men and women and say, Lord, can brother or sister so-and-so teach me something about the Christian life and be teachable in our attitude Uh, I remember, again, Ed Miller, one of the men who influenced my life. He's home to be with the Lord, but I remember having breakfast with him on a regular basis, praying together, and him talking about the ministry and talking about the journey of life. And how that shaped some of my thinking. I want to encourage you. Examples. And then the last and final thing is expectations, expectations. In verses 20 to 21, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. The early church had a hope that Christ was going to return. It was one of the central doctrines. First, second, third, fourth century. It was one of the central doctrines. They believed that Jesus died on the cross, that he rose from the dead, and that he was coming back again. We cannot lose a central doctrine. It will affect us. We cannot lose the hope of the second coming of the Lord. Early Christians live with an anticipation that Christ would return. And that was the right way to live for all of the 2,000 years of church history. Every generation is to expect his return. We don't know when it will be. We pray that it will be our generation. But we are to live with this constant expectancy. When you have that expectancy you recognize that i want prophecy to be fulfilled the promises of scripture to be fulfilled i want to see the lord return like he promised in his word like the church has hoped for for generations and you begin praying even so come lord jesus you pray in the lord's prayer thy kingdom come lord come when we're living with a sense of expectation we realize the responsibility of our citizenship our heavenly citizenship Roman citizens who were at various outposts throughout the Grecian world were to communicate the culture of Rome the laws of Rome the values of Rome the dress of Rome you knew that they were roman citizens by how they lived now roman citizens weren't thinking oh i'm going to go back to rome they didn't want them there at rome because it was overpopulated uh they had a terrible economy in the city and so they were real pleased that their soldiers resettled the outskirts of the empire and represented rome god's placed us here to represent heaven And of course, if we represent heaven, we're going to go in conflict with this present world. Our values, our our Lord, they called Caesar, Roman citizens called Caesar, Lord. We don't call Caesar Lord, we call Jesus Lord. Our hope is is not in political systems. It's not that we shouldn't be involved in political systems. But our hope is not in that. It's in Christ. Uh, our hope is not in answers that the world could merely come up with and sometimes they have good things. But we recognize that God has to be involved in it. That we need His wisdom and His help. We live very different than the world. Now, Surrender to us means freedom. Surrender to the world is a lack of freedom. To surrender to the Christian means we're free. In suffering, we find strength. In dying to self, we find true living. Through giving, we find receiving. Uh, We're a constant reminder to the world that we're citizens of heaven. Because we're not bound to this world we're heaven-bound. Those who are bound to this world are bound to hell. Those who are bound to heaven are free from the things that entangle this present world. We are, our name is in heaven's records. We're in that citizenship book. In the Gospel of St. Luke, it reads, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In Revelation twenty-one twenty-seven, it says, Only those whose names are written in the land's book of life will enter. When we were born again and accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, our name was written, it was recorded, it was there. And so we live as citizens of heaven. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there, I'll be there. Remember the song? Our physical transformation there's this expectation that you and I have Christ is coming our heavenly citizenship but our physical transformation now I know that I set up some good goals at the beginning of the year I was gonna go to the gym and I did some and I was gonna lose five pounds but two weeks into it I gained five pounds Paul says, this lowly body of ours, no matter what we do with this physical body, we can't keep it from aging. No matter how good you eat, or how much you take healthy foods, and how much you keep in good shape, Paul the Apostle tells us it's our lowly bodies. This body knows decay, sickness, disease but he's contrasting it with a new body that will receive it will be a body like unto our Lord Jesus Christ this present body at its very best lasts only a short span of time but the spiritual body that God is going to give us is going to last forever in Philippians 321 will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. His body walked through walls. He was able to eat. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 43 to 44, our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there is natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. You know, we have to recognize that this world is temporal and we're not called to live in this present world like residents. We're called to live like resident aliens. You know, I remember when I went to Zambia and I had our, my passport with me, and people knew by my accent, they knew by my way of expressing myself. They could tell I was from America. They could tell I wasn't from Zambia. No matter how much I tried to eat the food like they would eat with their hands and shuma, and I tried to do things, uh, right away they knew I'm not from Zambia. We should be able to live in this present world and people should be able to look at us and know that there's something different, that we have our minds set on a heavenly city whose builder and founder is the Lord. And so this year, as we go forward into this year, let's make a commitment to live like citizens of heaven, not bound to this world, but headed for eternity. Not living for the present, but living for the future. And and not that you don't impact the present, you do. When you become heavenly minded, you become very earthly good. You become a blessing to your world. The people who bless the world the most have an eye on the end.
0: Commonly called the Book of Joy, Philippians is a powerful book to Christians. This book exhorts us to have joy in the midst of trying times, to be united as Christians by our head, Jesus Christ, and to be people with testimonies in our communities that are known to be honorable. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through the book of Philippians. This 19-part series will certainly encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Perhaps today's message sparked a thought in your mind, an area in your walk with Jesus where you need to grow? We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media player. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to VoiceOfFaithRadio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join us as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of Philippians, right here on Voice of Faith.